Hi, you're listening to God, Ghosts, and Government, a weekly conversation with Senator Kim Jackson, where she'll reflect on her journey as an Episcopal priest, farmer, first-time state legislator, and much more. I'm your host, Sharitha J, and I'm honored to share this space with you. Let's begin. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Sharitha J, and I am here with Senator Kim Jackson that said, you're listening to God, Goats, and Government, and Senator Jackson, I hear you have a recap for us this week, something about Crossover Day. That's right. We made it through. Um, That's probably the biggest piece. We gaveled in at 10 o'clock in the morning, and we gaveled out, I don't know, around 9 o'clock at night. It was something long I I don't even remember but uh yeah I mean let's can should we start with the high or the low which one do you want Sharitha J give give me the highs give me the highs can we can we do can we go through the valley can we have like a Psalm 23 can we we start high we go through the valley and then we make it to the peak can can we map it that way is it possible I don't know if I have quite that good enough news to share, but we'll try it. (laughs) Um, So let's start uh, with the high. There was a voucher bill that was up for debate that would provide um, $6,000 of government funding money um, to any child who went to private school. Basically, you can like, quote, port your money from the public school to the private school, um, essentially siphoning money out of our public schools, which you already know struggle. Um, That bill was defeated. It took Republicans and Democrats alike to kill it, but we did. We killed it. Um, So that is a huge high. It's a huge one for public schools. Our Republicans voted alongside of us, those particularly in rural areas who were saying, first of all, we don't spend $6,000 per child in our school system. So you're giving them even more than we spend on regular, on students in public school. But also, our schools just can't afford it. There are certain fixed costs that even if a student isn't there, unless so many students leave that you have to fire a teacher, you still got to pay that teacher, right? And there are certain fixed rates. You still got to pay for air condition, still have to pay for maintenance and um, upkeep, even if five students do take their $6,000 away, right? Um, and so they came in hard on it. I was super proud to see. It was essentially like the rural legislators from rural Georgia who really stood up with us um, to defeat that bill. So that's that. That's the high. Yay. Public education is still good, right? All right. Now let me take you. I can take you through. This is going to be a roller coaster. So my bill, the one and only that made it to crossover day, that made it to the to the calendar, is my bill that would provide for a suicide benefit or death benefit for anyone who um, is a public safety officer who dies by suicide. So it'd go to their families. That bill made it on the calendar after a great debate. And I walked in that morning onto the floor at 10 o'clock and the majority leader, um, Leader Dugan, came up to me and he just kind of shook his head. And he said, Kim, your bill's gonna die. And then he said, I, I have an offer. Would you like for us, what they do is they table all the bills and then they pull them up one by one, right? So somebody makes a motion to table all the bills and then they pull them up in this random order. And so he's like, we could table them all, table your bill, and just not pick it up off the table. So it'll kind of die a quiet, you know, you won't be shamed, essentially, was what he was offering me. 
And I'm like, why isn't my bill going to make it? And he was like, you got too much opposition. People aren't going to vote for it. People aren't going to vote for it. We talked about it in caucus. And so I said, well, you know, I think we need to talk. I think we need to have the conversation at least, right? Like we need to start talking about suicide and the impact that that has on public safety. So let's just have the conversation. I'm okay. <laughs> I said to him, I'm on the minority. I'm used to losing. So it's okay. Like we can put it up on the scoreboard. And he said, okay. So then I was like, I'm not going to let my bill just die quietly. I'm going to whip the votes. So I started counting, right? So in the Senate, there are 56 people. In order for a vote to pass, you have to have a majority plus one. So that's 29 votes, right? Okay. There are 22 Democrats already. So I needed seven Republicans to come alongside of me. So girl, I just started working. I started talking to my neighbor who had actually signed it. He's a Republican, Chuck Payne. He's my seatmate. And he was like, yeah, I got you. I was like, one. And I just kept going from like person to person trying to get this. And then I went to the loudest dissenter who was Senator Kowser, who you all might remember. I had to work out a deal with him on my stalking bill before. I went to him and I said, Senator Kowser, what's your problem with the bill? And he said, quote, it's incentivizing suicide. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys, the, the pause is real because of the look on our like my face currently. <sighs> okay. So how do we how do we shift this? I I say to him, sir, that's not, I don't think that's actually how suicide works. Um, but then he, <laughs> which I mean. I don't, but I think there's actually some good science behind that's not how suicide works. And he's like, well, life insurance companies, you know, they won't pay out if you die by suicide. Um, and I just said to him, because I'd done a ton of research, remember, like I have all this information and a huge binder about the indemnification fund, about suicide, police officers, public safety. So I had the knowledge right there in my head. And I just said, actually, sir, that's not quite true. If you've had your policy for at least two years, then if you die by suicide, most likely, most often um, insurance policies will still pay out. And at the very least, they will give your, your benefactors the policy, like the premiums that you've paid into it. And, um, and I'm like, so would it help you, would it help this bill if we amended it to say that the public safety officer has to have worked for two years? And he was like, yeah, that'll help it. So I wrote the amendment up. I came back to him. I'm like, sir, like read this. Does this make sense? And he's like, it helps it. But I'm gonna tell you now, I, I, I can't vote for this bill, but I'll be quiet, which is helpful, right? Like, okay, that's something because right. I'm learning. I'm learning. There are strategies here. Yep. Okay. It's, it's helpful. So I'm like, okay, good, good, good. Um, but meanwhile, also, you know, I'm still whipping the vote. Um, that whipping the vote means we're trying to like whip it up, right? It's trying to get get the votes right um and so i was like okay i got this amendment we take a break for lunch at, at lunchtime i have six republican names on my list of people who will vote for my bill six that were like locked in so again i only need three more to get over the hump i take my lunch break i'm feeling a little low about it not sure how we're gonna do about this and my chief of staff god bless elizabeth she comes up with a list she's like okay 
You need to talk to everybody who was on the insurance committee who heard it and passed it out unanimously. Here are the Republicans from there. Make sure we get all our public safety committee because they're all they're the ones who all signed it the first time, right? So she sent me a list of names. I go back out on the floor and again, the majority leader comes to me and he was like, Kim, this is the real valley right here. Your bill is not gonna pass. And I'm just like, I don't know about that. Like I've been working on it. I've been, you know, I've been working on it. And he's like, Kim, your bill's not gonna pass. And then he says to me, and I, this is no lie. He's like, now that I've told you the truth about your bill, will you vote yes on my crop duster bill? Which is again, it's a two thirds vote. So I said to him, I'm like, wait a minute. We trying to horse trade here. And this this was the same day of the debate about horse trading, right? Or horse horse betting. So I was like, wait, you just traded me a dead horse for a live horse. That's not no deal. Like, no, no deal. No deal. You told me my bill is dead. Now you want my vote? No deal. But by the way, I signed on to the crop duster bill. So of course I was gonna vote for it, but he didn't need to know that, right? <laughs> this is one of those like who's doing their homework here because if he he done it that's neither here nor there um it just it sounds like this is it puts me in the mind of what I've I a trick I used to play on my my godson just to like encourage him to to learn how to actually count money and you know when you're first learning how to count uh you know we, we figure out that two is greater than one, right? And so I would put down two quarters and then I would put down a $1 bill and I would try to figure out which one he would want to choose. Like you can have either one and he would pick two because two is more than one. But when we look at the true value of the coins. Right, right. So it just sounds like it was one of those, like, let me... Let me just try to hand her two quarters and hope that she's not paying attention to the true value of her bill. Right. <laughs> so you went out there and you whipped those votes. So tell us, so tell us more. So we you said we were we were gonna go into the valley, but this doesn't sound mm-hmm. like a valley story here. What what's the conclusion here? Well, I mean, it was a valid when you got the majority leader telling you twice in the same day that your bill ain't gonna go nowhere. That's the valley. Uh, but, you know, I kept whipping the votes. I, I ended up whipping until I had 12 names on my list. And so I felt really good. I was like 12 people, even if four of them back out. I mean, if three of them back out, we're still gonna be good. So like, I was, I felt confident. And as we were going into dinner break, I said to him, I was like, I think I, I think I've got this. And he was like, well, prove me wrong, prove me wrong. And then I was whipping. And so I asked him, I was like, wait a minute, I've never asked him. I'm like, you know, he could see my whip list. And so I'm like, so Senator Dugan, are you a yes or a no on my vote? And he was like, I'm a no, I'm just a little too Catholic for your bill. And I was like, okay, I respect that, sir. I respect that. I'll put you in the no category. So vote comes after dinner, right? Guess how that vote turns out. Look, help me out. How did this how did this vote turn out on crossover day? On crossover day, late in the evening, after people heard one of the most moving speeches that I've ever heard from the well, and it was not from me, 
but from a former law enforcement officer, Randy Robertson, after he gave this powerful testimony about his friends who had died by suicide and how he would not judge them. The vote, 49 to three. Only three people voted no on my bill. And fun fact, the three people did not include the majority leader. He ended up voting for my bill. Wow. Like after all that, he voted for my bill. <laughs> what? Oh my good. See, okay, to our listeners, you know that we we talk about this. You you can never predict how things are going to turn out under the gold dome. You can go in with the best of intentions and it can go one way, but this is certainly a, a bit of an unexpected outcome. That's fantastic. Huge, huge. And the, you know, the, the two people, the three people who voted against me, one was Senator Kalzer, who told me he was going to do so very quietly. The other one was his neighbor, who's a seatmate who had been listening to me horse trading with him all day. So he voted no, I get that. And then the third person who voted against it sits behind me. And he came up to me at the very beginning of the day and told me he could not vote for it. He felt he his own life had been touched by suicide. It was a very emotional thing for him. And he just he just couldn't do it. I mean, he was very clear. There was nothing that I could say to him. Um, there was no nothing at all that was going to compel him to be able to vote for that bill. But he came to me directly, told me that outright. So none of the three who voted against it were surprises. All of them were very respectable in the way that they handled it. And then the rest of the board lit up green like a Christmas tree. <laughs> and it was such a, it was such a beautiful moment. And Sharita, let me, let me just like paint a picture for folks. This is the power of coalition building. And I know it doesn't happen very often under the gold dome, but I, you know, there gave a very, very short speech from the well about the bill very briefly. And then I moved out of the way to let two white Republican men, both who have served as public safety officers, which I have as well, right? But I, I let them step in and to share their stories. And at first it was John Albers who spoke, Senator John Albers, um, who has been a firefighter. And he talked about losing firefighters um, by suicide in a very beautiful testimony and talked about this is important for families. And then Randy Robertson followed up with his moving speech. Both of those men, it was their testimonies combined that really sealed that deal for me. After Randy Robertson spoke, he came out of the well, gave me one of the biggest hugs I have ever received on that floor. Both of us were like tr struggling to kind of keep it together. And then Senator John Albers came and stood back with me in the back as we watched the votes, uh, you know, the kind of scoreboard lights up after a full 60, 60 seconds. And so he waited with me for that full minute, kind of arm in arm for the results. And when those results were posted, he both, we both like gave each other huge hugs. And these are two men with whom I had been voting against all day long. I mean, they have, they have, they have introduced some policies that I just could not get behind, could not get behind. But in that one moment, because of the importance of public safety, because of the importance of families' lives, because we knew it was the right thing, three people who should be like oil and water were able to come together and get that bill across the finish line in the Senate. So I'm excited to take it to the House. We'll see how it goes over there. Um, and miracles happen, man. Miracles happen. First and foremost, I want to say congratulations. And secondly, 
it really it really does show that it's more than politics this is this is personal yeah and I'm I'm grateful that in this case I I don't I don't want to refer to you guys as oil and water I want to say more so like oil and vinegar so when you come together you make a a pretty yummy dressing right Uh so that's how that's the visual we want to give but again it's, it's personal and also just powerful that you guys were able to to come together on this to make a difference for on a on a topic that has is taboo and and it really does impact people deeply on a personal level we don't know what our first responders truly go through on a daily basis so to um, create some legislation that supports in this way I, I think it is 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 quite beautiful um to make way for this so thank you yeah absolutely and and to those you know we always try to give a little bit of a warning when we're talking about suicide and please know that there is helpful available and that suicide is preventable um and i think that the biggest lesson that i learned from the testimonies of john albers and randy robertson um, is that we have a responsibility to love each other through hard times. And even if the outcome is not what we hope for, uh, we have a responsibility to love their family and to not penalize them no matter what we feel about suicide. And, and that was just, I think, really, it was a really big moment. And I think it turned hearts because I know a lot of people sitting under that gold dome, um, they're a little too Catholic when it comes to how they think about suicide, to quote, you know, Dugan, and they believe that it's this, you know, it's this grave sin that cannot be forgiven. And what Randy Robertson and John Albers really compelled people to say is, you can believe what you believe about suicide. Um, and I hope you'll work, work that out, was really what they were saying. I hope you'll work through that and not judge but even still, we have to honor these families. And so um, please, uh, if you're considering suicide, know that there's help for you. We'll post something at the end and in the notes about this, um, but also know that you are loved and that we will love on families, both through thick and through thin. That's our, that's our job. Indeed, indeed. So Senator Jackson, you've taken us through some of the happenings for Crossover Day. And a big part of this space and God, goats and government is sharing what it takes to to shepherd a bill, what it takes to actually make these things happen. So to get this behind the scenes, look at what it takes to actually hit, not just to get the Crossover Day, but to actually get it to cross over, I, I just really, again, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this uh, behind the scenes look. So what else can we, what else did you learn? What else took place for Crossover Day? Because as you expressed, it was, it was a day. Indeed, you guys gaveled in at 10 a.m. and almost went the full 12 hours there. Yeah. So uh, we passed a lot of bills. We heard 45 bills um, and we 
killed a few and passed out the most of them. Uh, we passed really good bills and we passed some awful bills, um, one of which makes protesting basically illegal. I mean, it's I don't think it's ever going to get out of the house, but um, that was a Randy Robertson bill, actually. Uh, also, the day before crossover was the day that I went to advocate to get all of my bills, because you all know I have multiple bills out there onto the calendar. And uh, this was quoted in the newspaper. So I feel I can safely quote it out here. When I asked for my stocking bill to be put on the calendar, the rules chairman, Chairman Mullis, said to me, you know, we need to work on that bill. I'm not familiar with it. Let's work together on it. And, and I kind of gave him a, a look that must have ind indicated that I was saddened by this news because it was the day before crossover. And his response to me was, and I quote, don't worry, Kim, just because it doesn't get on for crossover, I'll teach you some sneaky bastard tricks to get it through later. And then he apologized. He was like, I'm sorry. And then he was like, oh, no, I don't care. I'll help you. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, I, I love it. Um, you know, last week's episode, our word for for the day was petty. So to make our way into sneaky bastards, um, I, I I'm enjoying um, the the knowledge we're gaining here, and I'm looking forward to hearing about some of these tricks, especially if it benefits the bills, the, the good bills that we need to get passed. So. That's right. I think it'll be, it's about time that we'd use sneaky bastard tricks to pass something for good, right? Like those tricks have been used for evil for a very, very long time. But if I can get my stalking bill and my hemp bill, my second chance, if I can get those through some quote sneaky bastard ways, I will be very happy for it. And uh, I look forward to learning from him because he's actually retiring. This is why he was like, I don't care. Um, I look forward to learning from him before he leaves about the numerous different ways that I might be able to save my bill or at least the concept of my bill um, even after crossover. You refer to this as coalition building, but I also like the terminology strange alliances. To see this relationship form, it just, it says a lot that, yes, fundamentally, you guys have different ideas about what certain bills uh, should be passed, but it just, it, it, it speaks to your willingness to reach across the aisle, and it just, it, it says something about you. I know it's not, you're not the, the exception, I'm using air quotes here, but yeah, you keep reaching across the aisle in a way that it I do believe it can make a difference in the long run. Well, thanks, Aretha. I do think that that's, I mean, that's actually the only way you can pass a bill in Georgia. So uh, it's not just altruistic. <laughs> There's some strategy involved to it too. And also I do believe that we are better when we work together. Um, I, I very much believe that. And so um, there's strategy, but there also is just some, some fundamental belief in the importance of us combining all of our powers and all of our differences to come to a place of compromise that will work for the most amount of people. Uh, so that's part of what kind of guides and governs me in the work that I do. Excellent. Tell me what, what else do we have? I know that you went through, you said 
45 bills who uh, use the power of the Fab Four to prepare for crossover day. You guys really implemented that teamwork makes the dream work. And by all accounts, I like to think the crossover day was a success, but I would agree. I think it was a success. As, as far as crossover days could go, it was a success. I will also say, since we're kind of like almost living in a post-COVID world, even though we all know COVID is still real and we still all get tested twice a week, there was so much food. Like, I know this is like not, has nothing to do with the bills, but there was so much food. Like, they had food for us on the floor, but you can't eat on the floor. So it's like beside the floor. Um, so you like have to sneak and eat underneath the table. It's weird. But anyway, there was food there. There was food back at my office. All these like, I mean, my chief of staff was texting me. was like, would you like some Busy Bees or Moe's or Willie's? There's Farm Burger. Like there was just so much food everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I missed this last year because of COVID. Like COVID um, made us not have food. It was just... I was astounded. I'm going to come on down. Come on down. I, for Sunny Die, you should come. I guarantee you it'll be the same. I was like, but shout out to Busy Bees for having some of the best collard greens, the best collard greens out there. Shout out to them. They really did feed my, my belly and my soul on crossover day. Now that's a God moment right there. <laughs> that's right. Some good collard greens, girl. Um, so that was a win. And it was just a surprise. I, I, maybe it's normal um, for everybody else, but I wasn't expecting to have all these. Like there was pulled pork, pulled chicken. Like there was just so much food. It was a lot. I was impressed. So we've made it through crossover day and you also were able to experience some, some yummy food, which um, I, I feel very motivated to make my way on down there for sunny die, just to see what's happening um, on the food front. I do care about the bills as well. That does have some, has some significance. So is there anything that we need to, um, to stay up to date on. We only have just a, a, a few more weeks here, guys. And we can we can delve in, into this um, perhaps in another episode, but it's, it's, it's crossover day, but it's such a short turnaround um, to Sunny Dot. Is there any strategy around that? Can you speak to that? Yeah, so it will be a quick last three weeks. And I think it's on purpose. Um, the house passes out a whole lot of bills. Some of them ain't worth passing again. Uh, so we'll do some culling down to, to get to the ones that really matter. I hope um, some of them will really matter to me and to those of us who um, have particular values and others will certainly be election bills that will matter to people who are running for a re-election. Um, but I think some things to look for, the divisive concepts bill is coming um, back to the House for them to, to look at. The House also has brought one to the Senate for us to review. So that's there. But the big thing is the mental health caucus. Um, the mental health caucus, our bill, um, which is really the speaker's bill, um, House Bill 1013 was voted out of the House almost unanimously. And so we will be seeing that on a Senate floor, um, hopefully fairly soon. It's, it's getting some work done on it, but um, I'm really excited about that. And then the last thing is that we're going to pass a budget. We're going to pass a budget that will, you know, encompass the entire fiscal year from 2022 to 2023. So um, 
We'll see if there are cuts in that. You know, we are full of money right now, right? We've got lots and lots of money in the budget. So the little budget that we passed, everybody got it. I think a Christmas present. We all got rate, like we all got raises. We all are getting returns from our taxes. Sharitha, even you will get $250 back from the government, right? But the, that was the little bill. For the big bill, um, you know, I'm hearing that they're not necessarily anticipating the same level of glut. Um, so we might see, we might have to end up doing some fighting to make sure that things are resourced properly. But um, those are kind of the things I'm looking for. And of course, I'm looking forward to learning the sneaky bastard tricks to make sure that my bills actually live on. So, yeah. Well, we can't wait to hear more about these sneaky bastard tricks. I just want to say bastard again. Anyhow, if that's it, Senator Jackson, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of God Goats and Government, thanking you for your work and all the things that you do under the gold dome. And to our listeners, you've been listening to another episode of God Goats and Government. We hope you guys will come back and join us for another episode. Be easy, y'all. Like, subscribe, Kim for Georgia on all platforms.